Mayfield. Eyes been hopeful. Wide open and complete. Mark Andrews. Baker Mayfield does it. Mayfield, quarterback draw. Mayfield, going to get outside. Mayfield. Touchdown, OU. His fifth rushing touchdown of the season. This is why Baker Mayfield is the most accurate quarterback in college football. Eyes of Baker Mayfield move the linebacker right here. See his eyes looking to the left, moves the linebacker, and it goes right over top of... I am proud to announce that this year's Heisman Trophy winner is Baker Mayfield of the University of Oklahoma. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I am as as excited for a podcast as I think I've ever been, and I think you are too after listening to that amazing intro. Yeah, I'm going to pat myself on the back for that one. That one's right up there with the Saquon Barkley one, but you know, we're, we're, we're just putting good things in the air right now. We need, uh, we need some Jets hype for Baker Mayfield, and so I brought on... Probably the best guy in terms of statistics and data in the entire sports industry, Scott Barrett of PFF. You can follow him on Twitter at Scott Barrett DFB. Scott, how are we doing today? Elliot, we need some Jets hype. I think we need some Giants hype. Baker Mayfield going at 102. See, no, I don't want that. No, I, I want <laughs> I want at least to be able to be done with the Jets if they pass on Baker Mayfield for Josh Allen. But if he goes to New York in general, that means I get to basically watch every single one of his games. So I'm fine. I I can live with the Giants. But we, we need to kind of – Baker's hype has been dying down lately. I feel like a lot of people are consistently putting him at quarterback three or four. And, you know, this, the film to me says that he's quarterback one. And I know the data is off the charts supporting him. So I'm going to kind of give you the floor and let you talk about that for a little bit. Yeah, so I think everything is really pointing to him – as the top quarterback, uh, statistically far and away, uh, it doesn't even just suggest that he's the top quarterback, but maybe the top quarterback in the last maybe five or six drafts, three or four drafts. Um, basically, so uh, Sam Monson for PFF uh, laid out a great case for Baker Mayfield as the top overall pick in the draft, uh, looking at a bunch of different things like metrics that I'm going to talk about in a second, as well as his tape. But really, I found the same thing to be true from a fantasy perspective. If you're in a dynasty draft, uh, you're drafting rookies pre-draft. I think it's either him or Lamar Jackson due to Lamar Jackson's rushing upside. But if you ask me who I think is going to be the most dominant quarterback from this class in five or six or seven years, uh, easily, I think that's Mayfield. Uh, So basically, PFF has been grading college prospects since 2014. Baker Mayfield owns our First best, second best, and seventh best highest graded seasons uh, since 2014, 2015 being the seventh highest graded. So last season, he had a clean pocket passer rating. That means you're pass rating when you're not pressured within the pocket. He led the league in that. It's more than 20 points higher than any other quarterback. Uh, he also led all power five quarterbacks in clean pocket passer rating in 2016. And uh, that might not seem too impressive, but it's like actually one of our most stable and predictive metrics year over year for passing efficiency. Uh, but if you want to look at how he performed under pressure, he was just as dominant. Uh, he owns our first, second, and seventh, sixth highest rated seasons by passer rating under pressure since 2014. So really dominant by that measure is that something that you found to be true on tape as well yeah he looked very comfortable in the face of pressure both being able to avoid it kind of 
being willing to step into it to deliver a throw to make defenders miss you know whenever a play broke down and he had to rely on his improvisational skills he he was very comfortable in that area I mean that's where he gets his Russell Wilson comparison because he's he's so comfortable when the pocket breaks down and and like you mentioned before the the clean pocket if you give this guy time he's gonna pick you apart he he can go through his progressions he can do full field reads he can hit every single level of the field he's just phenomenal in terms of his mental aptitude for the game so it doesn't surprise me that he's the best from both a clean pocket and feeling pressure because, well, you also add in the fact that at Oklahoma, he probably saw a clean pocket quite quite frequently because of how good his offensive line was, and he played some lesser defenses. But, you know, if you gave him an opportunity to make a play, he almost always made it against you. That, that's right. Um, and he did see a clean, pro- clean pocket fairly frequently, uh, but definitely not in 2015. His offensive line actually struggled quite a bit that season. So we're, we're talking about PFF stats right now. Uh, but even if you want to look at more traditional passer efficiency metrics like adjusted yards per attempt, NCAA passer rating, uh, Baker Mayfield still far and away uh, one of the greatest college quarterbacks in recent memory. Since the year 2000, you want to look at the best seasons by NCAA passer rating. Baker Mayfield has three of the top 20 highest rated seasons and the number one and number two highest rated seasons coming in 2017 and 2016. Right behind him at number three was Russell Wilson, Robert Griffin at number four, number five, Jameis Winston, number six, Cam Newton, number seven, Marcus Mariota. So some really good quarterbacks on that list. Again, power five quarterbacks since 2000. And then you want to switch that over and look at adjusted yards per attempt. Again, the number one season in 2017, the number two season in 2016, uh, and three seasons in total within the top 20. Again, Robert Griffin at three, Russell Wilson at four, Marcus Mariota at six, Jameis Winston seven, Cam Newton at eight. So again, uh, this metric at least seems to have uh, a really nice correlation to some quarterbacks who have had success at the NFL level. Just to bring it back over to some more uh, in-depth metrics that you might not be too familiar with, Let's look at deep passer rating. So Mayfield frequently gets knocked for his small stature, maybe just to fit that stereotype. Oh, he has poor accuracy on deep balls. Oh, yeah, he doesn't have great arm strength. That's not something, um, you know, I I can't really speak to the tape too much, but I know you haven't found that to be true uh, from watching the tape. But statistically, let's look since 2014, since PFF started grading these college athletes, Baker Mayfield has two of the top three highest rated seasons in Deep passer rating, uh, deep passer rating 134.8 in 2017, 133.8 in 2015. Again, uh, within all uh, Power 5 quarterbacks. Elliot, how did you like Baker's deep ball? Baker had a phenomenal deep ball. I mean, you want to throw out the radar gun stuff, and it was a 59-mile-per-hour velocity on his football. We learned last year that the radar gun is dumb, but in terms of just (laughs) – debunking that narrative i think you're absolutely right i think it's just his small size people relate it to having a weak arm but there's not a throw on the field he can't make i mean i've seen him make multiple passes 60 yards in the air on the money every like his arm strength is phenomenal he can throw outside the hashes he can throw 60 yards down the field he can throw 
kind of roll out to the right, throw it 40 yards down the field to the left, which is really like a 60-plus yard throw. I mean, I really don't think from an arm talent standpoint there's a single throw he can't make. And, you know, to, to bring it to another prospect real quickly is, is Josh Allen is someone that gets talked about a ton for his arm strength. And then you look at it, and he completed one pass over 40 yards the entire year. And then you bring it back to someone like Baker Mayfield. He knows when to take his shots deep, and when he does, it's almost always on the money. And he, he can throw guys open. He can he can really do everything else. And then the, the last part is that kind of – there's basically a minimum threshold for arm strength that you need in the NFL and kind of anything you have above that is like a bonus, but it's not this huge separator historically that people like to make it out to be. So I really have zero issues with his arm strength. I think it's a plus for him. I think he's got a fantastic arm. I just, I really don't understand where, when he, where any of the hate comes from. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. So, so let's keep this in mind. He's good on deep passes. One of my favorite uh, efficiency metrics for analyzing quarterback play is a statistic that Mike Clay developed back when he was at PFF called depth adjusted completion percentage. Uh, in short, it it it, um, it 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 concedes that completion percentage is a terrible metric, but we can make it better by accounting for the difficulty, aka the depth of target of each throw. So this is factoring air yards, average depth of target. You may have heard those terms before. So we just look at each pass attempt by each depth of target, and we contrast that with a quarterback's completion percentage with their expected completion percentage, basically what a perfectly average quarterback's completion percentage would have looked like if he attempted the same uh, difficulty of throws. So oh, also this metric uh, takes out uh, irrelevant plays like spikes, <clears throat> throwaways, batted balls, balls disrupted by a QB hit. It adds back drops as a completion just for a little uh, more clarity there. Uh, so looking at depth-adjusted completion percentage over your expectation, Baker Mayfield, again, has three of the top 10 best seasons by a Power 5 quarterback in the PFF college era, and he also owns the number one season and the number two season by that metric. Basically, that's saying, hey, this guy is a really accurate passer. And uh, you, you know it, what's important, too, is uh, he's not just attempting easier throws like some people within the industry want to say because his career average depth of target is 10.0. That's higher than both Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen. But Elliot, I'm curious to see uh, what you have to say about the tape. D would you agree he is one of the more accurate quarterbacks in this class? I'd say he's the most accurate quarterback, and I, I honestly don't even think it's that close. I think Rosen's really accurate, and he gets hyped up as the most accurate guy. But Mayfield not only puts the ball on the money, but hits the correct shoulder. And what I mean by that is if you're throwing like a 10-yard slant, for example, throwing it in front of the receiver as opposed to hitting him in the chest or behind him it gives him an opportunity for those big plays. And we saw guys like D.D. Westbrook and um, what was his name, Showtime Brown, I think this year, kind of make those big plays for Mayfield, but a lot of them were available because of where he put the football on the receiver. And, you know, his accuracy is phenomenal. We, we throw out the completion percentage, and like, like you said, it's – it's not a great stat. It's one of the more basic ones in terms of accuracy. And even if you want to take PFF's adjusted completion percentage, and he had an 80.6 in that this year, which is pretty absurd. But he's throwing the ball more than just at the line of scrimmage. Sure, Oklahoma has bubble screens in their offense. Every college team has bubble screens in their offense. I'm not throwing away all of his accuracy passes or accurate passes from 10 to 20 yards down the field just because he throws <clears> some <throat> bubble screens. I mean, he puts the ball where it needs to be more than anyone in the class. Right. I, I, I'm in complete agreement with you just from what I've found as well, outside of the numbers. 
Um, but but here's maybe a fairer knock on on Mayfield. He plays in the Big Twelve, really not the toughest level of competition, not the greatest defenses, past defenses he's playing against. Uh, and I, I was I was willing to concede that point. I, I wanted to see if that was true at the very least, and if it was true, how much that would shrink his efficiency in relation to his peers. So, in each season over the past four years. I looked at a defense's opposing NFL passer rating and then assigned that passer rating to each quarterback attempt against that specific team in each year. So the average passer rating on each throw in each season is that quarterback's expected passer rating. Then you can contrast their actual passer rating uh, to create a differential that tells us just how efficient a quarterback was in relation to their strength of schedule. I hope this isn't too confusing. Really, it's just a way of normalizing uh, uh, opponents' Uh, based on passer rating. And so if we look at this, the myth is just destroyed. Uh, Mayfield owns all three of her most efficient seasons by this metric among all Power 5 quarterbacks. Marcus Mariota's 2014 finished fourth. So basically, if you if you want to factor in strength of schedule, uh, it, it makes Mayfield look even better somehow. And if you look against, if you look at his performance against uh, his top 10 toughest opponents by expected passer rating, aka just really your uh, passer rating uh, in that, uh, 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 your opposing passer rating in that season. Uh, so Ohio State 2016, Ohio State 2017, West Virginia 2015, Tennessee 2015, et cetera, TCU, Georgia, Auburn. Oklahoma State. So in these games, uh, his 10 toughest opponent games, he still averages a line of 295 yards, 2.6 touchdowns, 0.9 interceptions on 27 attempts uh, for a 120.8 passer rating. That's that's crazy. That's that's higher than the that's well above the career passer ratings of Sam Darnold, 109.3, Josh Rosen, 100.4. So to me, it seems Mayfield is still highly dominant even against the league's toughest pass defenses. Is that what you found? Did you, or did you find that maybe he, he did shrink against tougher competition? No, I, he was one of the best quarterbacks for the stuff I found as well. And, you know, it's funny that the game, when Georgia beat him, or beat Oklahoma, I should say, they said, Baker Mayfield, humble yourself. And I'm like, he put 45 points up on you guys. Like, humble yourself. You guys, the defense didn't win that game. Um, <laughs> I, I, I brought up the fourth quarter passing before where, you know, Ugh. and I, I've brought up when he's trailing by one to seven points. And, you know, he, he was the best. Oh. He was the I best. thought you meant how he just uh, uh, decided to go so run heavy late in that game. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry, sorry. Let's, let's, let's do both things real quick. I don't know what happened to Lincoln Riley. Here we have this like historically good play caller all season long. In the second half of the game, he just seemed like he forgot that Baker Mayfield was his quarterback and started running like low percentage plays over and over again. So I don't know what was going on there. But Baker Mayfield in the fourth quarter in his career was phenomenal. And then when trailing by one to seven points, he was the best quarterback in the class as well. 142 for 205, which is a 69% completion percentage. Nice. And then 2,333 <laughs> yards, 25 touchdowns, two picks, which is an NFL rating of 142.74. That's absurd. Like, that's that's showing up when it matters most. And, you know, I, I really think – and then you add in the fact that we're not, we're not even getting into, like, his accomplishments in terms of, like, winning awards and stuff. Like – He's a winner in terms of 
three t- three time Big Twelve champion, two appearances in the College Football Playoff, one Heisman Trophy, two time finalist, one Manning Award, one College Football Player of the Year Award, two time Big Twelve Offensive Player of the Year, three time All Big Twelve, three All Americans, two Burlesworth Trophy Awards, which is Walk On of the Year. Like that's absurd. How do you win Walk On the Year twice? <laughs> that that's hard to do because teams like don't want to make their walk on a star i feel like they're like well we have this five-star recruit so let's just give him every opportunity in the world and this guy's like nah it's me i'm the starter i think the big thing people have an issue with him is that like if he was six foot three i think he would be hands down the number one overall pick and no one would have any questions and then i think the personality is the big thing with him um i i think that it it rubs people the wrong way and that he's fiery and people want to compare him to johnny manziel which is really lazy based on both numbers and film it's just basically he's a little white guy that's fiery but like you look at philip rivers and tom brady they have very similar personalities so i don't have a a concern with mayfield at all because i think that he's a fiery competitor but you know he shows up and he's gonna work and he's not gonna mess around he's all football all the time i think there's a line to it um you know i i don't have enough available information to really make the call but it's like if you're the giants at 102 let's say and it's and you're interviewing mayfield you're like all right if we take you are you willing to uh learn everything you can from eli manning for a year or two and if he's just like nah screw that i i I know what i'm doing like i'm i want to start day day one right that's a lot different than being like listen this this guy is potentially maybe a hall of fame level quarterback he's won two super bowls there's things i can learn from him for sure i want to be a starter but uh i'm fine if it if it means i have to wait a year or so right but i'm gonna push him every single day there's a there's a big difference there um i really don't know enough but uh from what i've seen a lot of it's just blown out of proportion you see a a fiery competitor those are things i like the things i wouldn't necessarily knock him for yeah, well, let's let's add to that conversation real quick because one is they just had that new test to, uh, for quarterback intelligence, basically right. to replace the wonder look, and he had the second best score ever, right? And then he's smart, man. And then apparently his whiteboard tests were absurd, and then his everything I read about his interviews where teams were very impressed with him. So I have to imagine he interviewed well. I think the the stuff is more on the field, like Baylor's players are talking crap to Oklahoma. And he's like, don't forget who daddy is. Daddy will come spank you. Like, to me, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's I hilarious. I love that as yeah. a fan. And then, like, he goes and he starts catching wide receiver passes when Georgia's trying to warm up. Or Kansas State comes running through the Oklahoma uh, passer line or whatever. And he drills one of the players in the head by accident. I've seen Baker Mayfield throw. He didn't hit him in the head by accident. Like, he's he's more of, like, a competitive, like, grab himself when Kansas State doesn't shake their shake his hand before the game like he I think it's much more fiery competitiveness than I'm not going to be able to lead the team because everyone every single teammate that comes out is like I'm all for Baker Mayfield man I love this guy and his teammates uh-huh. always had his back and I, I really think that's blown out of proportion but I, I want to get back to some of the data stuff with you just real quick uh, go ahead go ahead I, I think D.D. Westbrook said like th- they were interviewing him about like Baker Mayfield and he was just like that guy might be magic. I'm, I'm not really sure he's human. He, he could just do anything he wants. And uh, trash talk is something I love. Like, I, I grew up on, like, old Larry Bird videos of him just talking obscene trash. Uh, so, I, I don't know. I could, I, could, I could say it's a plus or a minus, but it really depends. you got to look at it at a case-by-case basis. But, yeah, let's get back to the stats. So, you were just talking about his size, right? And uh, he measured six foot three eighths inches at the senior ball. So I really can't – I have to concede that point. He is. He's an undersized quarterback in terms of height. But, you know, 
Russell Wilson and Drew Brees are both not as not taller than him. Uh, they both rank top six all time in NFL passer rating. Maybe they're outliers, but maybe so too is Mayfield. Uh, this is a point that you brought up. Uh, he didn't have trouble seeing over the heads of his offensive linemen last year. Uh, Bobby Evans, 6'4", Orlando Brown, 6'8", Drew Samia, 6'5", Ben Powers, 6'4". Uh, and... He had one of the lowest rates of batted passes in college. So, so that's a thing like, oh, you know, like short quarterbacks, uh, they're going to get their balls batted down at the line of scrimmage far more often than anyone else. Uh, I looked at it. So among 108 college football quarterbacks with at least 600 pass attempts since 2014, Baker Mayfield has only had 0.483% of his passes batted down. So five of 1,036, that's the third lowest rate over this span. So clearly uh, height isn't uh, a major concern for Mayfield as, as far as I can tell. In fact, I think it's something that's overrated at, at the NFL level um, just because we have seen a lot of uh, really short quarterbacks far exceed their draft capital while we'll have these projects, these these Josh Allen types, you know, well, he physically, like Brock Osweiler-esque, uh, physically, he he fits the mold. So let's like, let's give him a, all the chances in the world to be successful. But uh, poor footwork, can't make the throws for whatever reason. These guys flounder at the NFL level. Yeah, let, let's let's look at the table. Let's look at the stats. And this guy looks like a stud. And let's not be too overly concerned with 1.8 inches. That, that seems ridiculous to me. Yeah. I mean, 1.8 inches. I think your girl's much more worried about that than NFL teams. <laughs> but with Baker Mayfield, like you said, he talked about being able to see through his offensive lineman and how he's really comfortable. And listen, if you're throwing over Orlando Brown, that that guy might be the biggest man on earth. Like he's gigantic. He's gonna be okay. And the other thing Baker Mayfield does a lot is he's pretty good at adjusting his arm angle when needed when if he needs to throw around somebody or something like that. So I really don't have issues with his ability to see over the line and. I, I think that one thing that's really exciting with Baker Mayfield is we talked about the spread system and how some teams, some people are concerned about that. And to me, I'm excited about it. I mean, you look at the way the NFL is going, they're, they're getting more and more pass happy. I think 64% of uh, plays last year were pass plays. They're spreading the ball out. They're taking more shots, plays from shotgun than ever before. I think you have, I think it was like 88% of passing plays or something like that. That's right. But, yeah. For the past three seasons. Which is. So, like, I don't even know why we continue to make this whole under center thing <laughs> a big deal. 88% of the time is basically every play. I love the fact of how good he was in RPOs and how quickly he was able to develop, like, his thought process and, and process the defense. And he, he came in with good pre-snap reads and understood if, if this guy went there, this is what I'm doing. And he read the defense so quickly and made so many good plays. And we just saw the Eagles basically win the Super Bowl using the RPO. So, I think that's going to stay in the NFL and it's it's a really easy use of offense and I think he thrives in that area right I'm with you so teams actually increased their frequency of RPOs by 59 percent in 2017 in comparison to 2016 uh, definitely still not as much as at the college level or what Mayfield was asked to do but I think that is encouraging I think that is um, you know the NFL kind of lags behind college football by about five years so definitely can see that ramping up within the next few years and, and Mayfield's, um, I guess, not not an RPO, but he's great at play action. He leads all quarterbacks um, of the PFF era in play action pass rating, but also in career pass rating on plays without play action. So if you say this guy needs, you know, an RPO, these these like kind of tricky uh, offensive plays to be successful, I, I definitely don't see that to be the case at all. And in fact, like if it is his strength, uh, it's basically where the NFL is moving towards. And we haven't really talked about 
uh, Mayfield's rushing production, just from a fantasy level, of course, like it's not going to be up there with Lamar Jackson by any means, but might be more than any of the other top five quarterbacks we're talking about. So from a fantasy perspective, he averaged 5.9 rushing fantasy points per game in college. It's far more than Sam Darnold, 3.3, Mason Rudolph, 3.5, Josh Rosen, 2.0. This averaged 2.2 rushing first downs per game, which is more than Darnold, 1.5, Rudolph, 1.0, Rosen, 0.8. So definitely, like, I don't see him to be Lamar Jackson by any means, but he did impress me with his rushing abilities, and I think quarterback uh, teams are probably going to ask him to be more of a pocket passer at the NFL level, uh, avoid some unnecessary hits. But um, I was impressed, and and he definitely does that have that in his tool bag. Let's say. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> I heard people surprised that he ran a four eight. I don't really know what they expected, but he's the kind of guy that can make some people miss. He's got to learn to slide. That's one thing that I'm. He 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 is a smaller guy. He should not be trying to take these hits, and he's got that mm-hmm. uh, competitive toughness where he is. He will try to run through guys that he is not capable of running through. He needs to not do that. But we've seen him make people miss consistently and make plays in open field. And, you know, he's broken some 50-plus yards runs. And he's dangerous if he can make plays outside the pocket. And if, if he gets outside the pocket, he can throw it or he can run it. And anytime you add the running dimension to a quarterback, it makes him more dangerous and harder to prepare for. So I think you're absolutely right. He's not going to be a Lamar Jackson. But that does not mean that you are not successful. He's not going to be a Russell Wilson, probably. But he can he can make plays with his legs and certainly add a dimension and something the defense needs to prepare for and if they don't then he could easily break some big runs and have some game changer runs and like you mentioned two two first down runs per game that's that's a big deal um for a quarterback to add that dimension with his legs yeah i'm i'm with you um i think i think that's about it for my for all of my stats for now but uh yeah i I think he's the number one quarterback in this draft i think he should be the number one pick in this draft i think if you're in a dynasty league um it's it's either him or Lamar Jackson just because rushing production is so important. But I do think uh, Baker Mayfield has the better long term upside. What do you what do you have to say to that? I think that I would take Baker over Lamar in Dynasty, and I'd probably have Lamar next because of the long term. And I I just think Baker's gonna be a superstar for fifteen years. I agree. He's my number one overall player in the draft. I don't agree that he should go first overall. I think he should go third overall, uh, completely unbiased reasons. But, I mean, listen, I'm all in on the kid. <laughs> I'm wearing a, a headband as we speak on every single podcast because I'm all in on Baker Mayfield, man. And I'm glad all your numbers back up everything that I was seeing on film. Scott, I just want to thank you for joining me, man. You're, I mean, you're a real good friend of mine, and your, your work is literally second to none. Why don't you tell people kind of what you're working on, where they can find you? Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, my name is Scott Barrett. You can follow me at Scott Barrett DFB. Uh, you can find my work on ProFootballFocus.com. And, and thank you, Elliot. Uh, so Elliot actually lives in the same town as me, and uh, I'll come over to his place quite a bit and just watch tape with him and pick his brain. And really, I, there's, I don't know if there's anyone else in this industry I respect as much or uh, you know appreciate the the work that you're doing uh really have so much to learn from you so if you ever see me talk about tape really i'm just parroting something that elliot might have told me a week or two before but it always uh rings true with me and uh is really valuable advice and and uh this time last year basically me and elliot uh or elliot was was telling me to move deshaun watson higher up my rankings or we were watching another kareem hunt video together because he was just so much fun to watch but this guy has great takes and never seems to be wrong so uh 
Uh, yeah, if you if you liked uh, what I talked about today, just know the other side of the coin is Elliot's fantastic work uh, in watching tape. I really appreciate that, Scott. You know, I, we've watched a ton of film together. I, I'm not going to say I'm never wrong, but I'm going to say that Mike Williams and Adar- Ardarius Stewart are currently incomplete and not looking terrific after year one. But I'm holding out hope <laughs> that I, I can say I was not wrong in that draft class. Again, guys, he's Scott Barrett. you got to check him out. I'm Elliot Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Chris. Uh, you're listening to the Draft Daily Podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and now Podbean as well. Guys, we really appreciate all your support. As always, guys, thank you for listening.